and welcome to Escaping Kasteberus, the podcast where we rewatch, reminisce, and review everything Doctor Who from 2005 to present. My name is Rich, and I am joined by the one person who would absolutely be tempted into a dodgy-looking lorry by food. It's Amy. Put the yeah, pieces but, together. Mm, yeah. Get- if, if, if you were out in the, in the cold, starving, hungry, and some dude came up and said there's a buffet in the back of his truck, what would you do? <laughs> a, bang the dude who, gave, who brought, brought you the buffet. Why do you put me across like I'm a whore? That's because not you, Because you do anything for a buffet. Uh, B, would you go into the truck and eat the buffet? Or C, would you eat... Uh, and What's his name again? Andrew Hayden Smith, <laughs> as he's lurking around behind you. Do I get the option of being sensible enough to question why the hell is a random dude offering me food in the back of a lorry? Because I feel like I would pick that one, even if it is a buffet. (laughs) (laughs) I only trust buffets from people you know, kids. (laughs) Don't talk to strangers and don't accept buffets from them. So it, Unless you're it appears, at a wedding, in which case, fine. It appears Have to be that the, the white van driving around our area with uh, free buffet spray painted on the side, rather than free ice cream or free sweet, free candy, sorry, that's the, that's the phrase. Free the, free, the free buffet van has still not captured Amy. <laughs> and yet you say I mean, you haven't watched Chitty Chitty Bang Bang and know not to fall for that kind of thing. They say the best things in life are free, but I know a good buffet comes at a price. <laughs> so... <laughs> Words to live by, listeners. <laughs> the best things in life are free, except for a buffet. That, what was it again? It was, a good buffet a comes good at buffet a price. A good buffet comes at a price. That's <laughs> <laughs> to go alongside the uh, l- lunch, dinner, egg t-shirt that I will one day get bored and design and probably release. Um, there will be a middle-aged white woman uh, home decor <laughs> bit, a wall you know the, the bit the bit of wood with some paint with some sign writing on it that says it says that. the best things in life are free except a good buffet comes at a price <laughs> <laughs> the thing is both you and your mother would have that in your house oh 100 percent. i might just make it for mum and put it on a bloody like print or something so she can stick it on the wall <laughs> it's such a weird <laughs> present just like happy birthday mum and she's like what where, where is she, this from? Laugh. Oh, it's fr- is it, it's laugh. from our podcast. Do you not I listen to it. our podcast, Amy's <laughs> mum? She doesn't. <laughs> that's that's the joke, Amy. She wouldn't understand it. Bless her. Maybe we should sit Aww. her down. Maybe we should go. We, we should we should catch her up on Doctor Who up to this point, and then get her on the podcast as a guest. You would not be able. So, to Amy's mum, what did you think of the idiot's lantern next week? For that long. <laughs> Also, but she welcome. Have a bloody clue what was going on. No, I know. Anyway, she enough like, about Amy's that? mother. Who's he? This isn't he's Xbox Live. What? That's a very, very <laughs> niche joke. Welcome yeah, okay, back okay. to Escaping Because Welcome to the first return to normality. Even though we've spent the opening of this podcast talking about Amy's mother and a buffet, so standard procedure, really. Welcome to Rise of the Cybermen and Age of Steel. Because yeah. we said uh, in episode zero of this yeah. podcast of this reboot that uh, two parts were going to be uh, put together because we figured during season 1 or the initial run I should say of this of this podcast we decided that doing two parts as separate episodes was a bit useless because we'd do all the character development all the establishment in the first episode and then not have much to talk about regarding in the, the second. second so we just, we figured we might as well put them both together and just sort of go from there so, so are we going to call this one episode 1 or are we going to call this one episode 
what episode of series two well, on six five, when on on anchor.fm anchor.fm slash casterpod um you can set it to have like a season number and an episode and when we were on a cast with what culture i could do uh-huh. that and it would match up to the series we're on and it's like i could have started this at series two episode what is it five episode mm. yeah but then you can't have it say series two episode five and six because technically it is so basically we're just going to do our own continuity of right. episodic numberinos Structuring. technical term so this is Numberinos. this is basically because internally we're just we're just going to do episode one two three four five six seven so on so this is basically episode one of the podcast yes. it's mm-hmm. ek2 escaping Cerberus 2 because it's the reboot two. episode one last week was episode cool. zero welcome cool. welcome 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 it has been so long since we've done a proper episode review i don't even know where to start basically (laughs) the doctor rose and mickey are aboard the tardis having a flyer boot and the doctor the doctor and rose are laughing about stuff and mickey the idiot stood there holding a button down he didn't need to hold down for 29 minutes longer than he had to poor mickey i know that's got hurt after half an hour can you imagine pushing a button down for half an hour depends how much activation force a button needs on the TARDIS. Is it a Cherry MX Red or is it a Cherry MX Black? I don't know if you could hear this, listeners, but I just rolled my eyes. (laughs) (laughs) You can hear them going... Because it's Ugh. it's so sore and dry in Amy's eyelids because she rolls her eyes like every single time I open my goddamn mouth. Basically. You love me, though. Mm, I do, but... Oh, God, okay, let's not talk about the activation of a button. Let's carry on. (laughs) So yeah, Mickey's being left kind of out of it. He's he's very much this third wheel, and we we established that in Girl in the Fireplace because mm. obviously being the first story that had Mickey on board the TARDIS properly with Rose and the Doctor, not much happens to them, and that's kind of that. Whereas this one, it it also doesn't explore much about the relationship between Rose and Mickey, does it? No, I sort of forgot that this one leads on from Girl in the Fireplace because we've had such a We've had gap. such a gap. I was like, wait, yeah. what was the last thing we watched? Yeah, Girl in the Fireplace. Um, no, it kind of puts it into, like, they do quite a tight job of explaining, like, the quote-unquote relationship between, like, the, the dynamic. Sorry, that's the word I was looking for. It does quite a tight job of explaining the dynamic between the three of them in that obviously has developed over sort of the off-screen gap that you get with this era of who um that's very sort of common of like oh they've been off screen for a while which means that they've done a bunch of stuff in that time um it does a very tight job of explaining that dynamic that has developed between the three of them in this off-screen time because obviously you've got like Rose and the Doctor being all pally-wally and being kind of like, oh, do you remember this? It was so funny. Oh, my God. Do you remember that? Lol. And then Mickey's like the third wheel who's really trying to get involved by being like, oh, what what happened? What what was that? And they're like, oh, nothing. It's just nothing. Don't worry about it. And Mickey's just there like, yeah, great. Thanks. Even (laughs) as you say, after all of these adventures that they've supposedly had, as said, in terms of televised stuff, we've only had the one thing that they've done together so far. Um, mm-hmm. He still is the tin dog, bless him. He is, really. He's, just, he's like, just left. You'd think it would have kind of sort of... 
oh, what's the word I'm looking for? You'd think they'd have kind of tried to rectify that a little bit between the three of them, but I think it's... I don't think the Doctor and Rose do it on purpose, but I think it was very difficult for Rose to detach herself from that idealistic kind of thing of like, yay, me and the Doctor on adventures and... Like, Mickey's obviously been kind of put by the wayside, which you see come a lot more in this episode, become much more apparent. We don't see how... We don't really know exactly how long the Doctor and Rose have been together at this point. Mm. So it's like, yeah, this this literal just third wheel waltzes in. So... Poor lad. Or, well, he's still a... a can a wheel be a lad? Uh, eh? A wheel? I said third wheel and you said lad. Oh, what yeah, do you think no, I sorry. Said? No, I don't know. When you said third wheel be a lad, I just, I was really confused. I was like, is this a reference to him being a tin dog, like that he's on wheels or something? My brain got really confused. Canine has only three wheels, apparently. I'm pretty certain he has four or maybe even six. Now, see, now you've just confused me anymore. The point <laughs> is, <laughs> is that he's come into this situation he's trying to be involved he's very much sadly not involved and i think a lot of his actions are just because we said didn't we while watching the episode or i said you said kind of thing that like when obviously rose kind of buggers off does her own thing goes Mm. and sits with her phone on a bench um and mickey goes out and is like oh wait you say we've got 24 hours oh i've got some stuff to do yeah that's that's kind of the next big thing i think before we get too carried away we're talking about the cybermen and john lumick Mm -hmm. is that following the fact that the doctor works out that there's um there's a bit of light left in the tardis they can reboot her she'll be fine they can get him out of there um, and obviously Rose discovers has that, 24 hours yeah Rose discovers that Pete her dad is still alive because parallel world we say they landed in the parallel world the TARDIS dies blah 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 you all know this you've watched the episode um, and they have 24 hours to go do stuff and this is this is the point where and going back to it and obviously now that we're watching it again and being a bit more analytical about the whole thing I didn't ever seem to realise. At first, I was much more sort of understanding of why Rose wants to go and chase her dad, why Mickey realises. Obviously, Mickey sees this um, potential. The fact that The fact that um, Rose's dad is still alive, maybe his nan is still alive, which is, I'm, I'm assuming, like, I would completely understand why he goes off yeah. by himself and goes beeline straight to his nan For to hers, see whether she's yeah. alive as well. But... When there's the scene of the Doctor looking back at both of them and shouting, like, get back here, don't go away. I never realised just how much of a dick move that is from Rose and Mickey. I personally think it's a bit more of a dick move from Rose. Because, like I said to you when we were sat downstairs, it kind of feels like Mickey has taken this attitude that he gets for, at the beginning of the episode of the Doctor being all, oh, you could have released that button 29 minutes ago and then not involving him in the conversation. It's kind of like he's already discovering that this is not where he should be. Like, he shouldn't be travelling with... Or not that he shouldn't be, but, like, he doesn't want to and yeah. it's not his place. So he's kind of gone, you know what, we've got 24 hours we're in a parallel world i just want to see if my nan's alive because she's a home comfort and i miss her and i can totally understand why he wants to in that instance because he doesn't i say he doesn't intend to get into any trouble nobody ever bloody does but more it's more rose 
like you said, like you said to me, Rose knows the consequences of Father's Day. And I know that this is a bit different because this isn't time travel per se. It's the same day. It's just a parallel world. But She feels like she she's knows. got more flexibility. But she should know that there are consequences from these things. I mean, how many times did the Doctor have to say throughout the entire episode, it's not your mum, it's not your dad, they're yeah. not your parents. And she still is like, oh, I just want to see him, I just want to see him. It's like, Rose, you literally, you're being such... I can understand the emotional upheaval of losing I was going to say, like, I, I don't it. think we, we personally couldn't understand... I mean, no. I'd say that way... In terms of losing your father specifically, but like in terms of losing somebody and getting the chance to see them again, of course you're going to seize the opportunity. Yeah. But it's like with all that Rose has been through, Father's Day being the very, uh, the very apt one to mm-hmm. reference, she should know better. As hard yeah. as it is, she should know better. And she's overcome with all this kind of teenage emotion because you forget how young she is i mean is she still 19 in this or is she 20 she's now? probably 20 i mean because she mentioned but about because when the doctor when, when mickey goes off and rose fills in the doctor about why he's disappeared and who mm-hmm. he's gone to find she says oh you know his mo- his nan died five years ago i was still in school so she'd have been like 15 and i was just like jeez what like, it's like what? if That's i looked so as good young. as rose tyler did at 19 I mean, I mean you, you would be a woman so that would be a I'm bit... okay with that. Okay. Um <laughs> if I if I could look like Billy Piper I'm 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 game. Well, I mean I'd rather you look like David Tennant but that's another matter. <laughs> and here comes the simping. Should we just get should we just get David Tennant running in a skin tight tux and and converse out the way first? Please. Please pause your podcast here and pleasure yourself. Not we'll what? Be back no, in, don't we'll be do back that. in a few points. I mean do that if you really want to. Don't, just don't tell us you've done it. I don't want to know. Please don't tweet us at Castapod with I just beat my dick to my no, podcast. No, please. No, that's vile. <laughs> anyway, the point is, is that Rose is still quite young. And yes. I know that obviously we we look at, and you know, we're, we're both 26. And I feel like for our age, we are quite mature. Um, yes. I don't know how mature. Says the guy who just implied about beating your dick over a podcast. Yeah. Okay. But... Well, we're mature in different ways, but that's not the point. I mean, emotionally mature. Okay. Um, but so looking at Rose, it's kind of difficult to think. Like at twenty years old, how would we have probably reacted to that and think yeah. like, would it be the same? Would it be a bit different? Because I mean. I feel like I'd have a slightly more level head. However, I've never been in that situation and I never will be. So it's hard to say what you would do, I suppose. Mm. Um, I, I would say if this were me seven years ago, because I, I, I lost my nan seven years ago. And if, if I were like a year later than that, when I turned like 20, mm. in the same way Rose is apparently 20 odd at this point, if yeah. I had the opportunity to see her again, I would take it. So it's like, I, you know, We've almost yeah. like talked ourselves into a bit of a corner here. Like the idea of, oh, uh, we, we think she's being naive and and she should be, she should know better. But also, you can understand you can justify it. it. Yeah. And so this yeah. is what I'm saying. This is why we have these conversations because from one side of the coin, you might think, oh my god, she really should know to listen to the doctor. Like she's been through this before. But on the other side of the coin, you can be a little bit like, yeah. But then again, what would any of us have done in that situation? Yeah. And so I don't particularly think that 
yes, it comes across like they're being a little bit selfish. They should have listened to the Doctor. But... Yes, they should have done. But Mickey's got his reasons. Rose has got her reasons. But I think Mickey is ever so slightly more justified in his reasonings for Wander Off because he knows that he's kind of not involved in this dynamic. And so therefore, what harm is it going to do if he wanders off for 24 hours? Do you know what I mean? Like, it's kind of a, a bit of a back and forth, really, with who should have done what. Um but I definitely feel like it's it's a difficult situation and you never really know sort of who to judge or what to judge. Um, but you made a good point is that obviously, so like Mickey runs off and then we get straight to sort of, well, I don't we get straight to, there's a cutaway to another scene. But like when the Doctor and Rose sort of go off, um, there's nothing really that leads you to be suspicious of anything. <laughs> Yeah, so, yeah, let's segue over to uh, the Cybus Industries and the late, great Roger Lloyd Pack playing the very, very eerie John Lumick. And to sort of get the whole whole conversation about the Cybermen and how they were reintroduced into New Who kind of out the way, uh, we did actually get a question from Adam over on Twitter Mm -hmm. asking about what we thought of the way that the Cybermen were reintroduced in the modern series and how it compared to the way that they did it for the Daleks in Dalek. Mm-hmm. Um, because if, if, in case you maybe weren't paying as much attention in this or you don't really know how it used to be, because the Doctor very, very briefly brushes over it. Um, the Cyberman came from Mondas in the original canon, they are still made to be like it's a brain of a I think because Mondas is a parallel to uh, a parallel say, planet to Mon- Earth in Mondas the solar system. Right. It's like it's it's somehow habitable and I think it literally lo- I think it looks like an inverted Earth. It's very I mean oh, you know the Cybermen are from the sixties. It's very very you know on mm-hmm. the nose, um, and they they do their whole upgrading thing and then they spread across the galaxy that way whereas obviously in this continuity in this parallel earth they start on earth from yeah. uh, a scientist yeah from from john lumick a businessman cybers industries i guess kind of both who's dying wants to find a way to prolong himself and ends up thinking this is great for everyone let's do it for everyone so it's a really i i, I personally love how they brought the cybermen back but didn't as uh, Adam says on Twitter, doesn't drop all the law of yeah. the the history of it on them. Like the Dalek law and what, you know, obviously there's a lot of it based on the fact that Daleks were so popular back in the old mm-hmm. series. So they just kept bringing them back. I'm not going to complain, but they didn't drop all that on you in Dalek and they don't drop that all on you in this two-parter yeah. either because they are literally a new breed. Mm-hmm. I think the thing also as well with the way that they reintroduced the Daleks in Dalek was they had, Russell T. Davies had a different job to do or a different story to tell because obviously he was the, Russell T. Davies was the one who invented the concept of the time war Yes, and it happened in between like the series ending in, what was it, 1989? Yeah, I did get that right. Um it, between the series ending in 1989 and starting up again in 2005 he created this kind of like oh look this happened while we were off air um and so he had a very different story to tell from that perspective so i think that was probably why he didn't drop all that kind of like bombshelly law straight onto you but it also isn't necessary like i think from this kind of retelling 
or like in new introductory standpoint of where you're at in this sort of in this series and in the Doctor Who kind of canon in general you don't need to know who the Cybermen have been to know who they are in this instance like because it all gets explained but it doesn't get um spoon fed to you it doesn't get what's the word I'm looking for exposition it doesn't get like it was is there a a thingy for that exposized like I can't say like (laughs) you know what I mean but like they don't spoon feed it to you in the way of like oh my god who are these people oh my god like it's all explained within the canon of the show and very well done and very well written as is Russell T Davies it's genius but um it's not written by Russell T Davies this one though is it not no who is it Tom McRae who Tom McRae Tom McRae okay well Tom Tom McRae did a very good job he did um so yeah, so basically, I think the introduction of the Cybermen in this uh, sort of in this timeline was very well done because it brings it back for people who watched Classic Who and who enjoyed Classic Who, but it also introduces it for people like us who would have been sort of eleven at the time who'd never heard of the Cybermen, and I think it does it very well. I think you can't really compare the introduction of the Cybermen to the introduction of the Daleks because they're two completely different. Yeah, Monster one is as you as said. One is a continu one is one is a continu- continuation of a continuity, and the other is a reboot of it. But obviously, yeah. as um, as time goes on, the Cybermen obviously stay persistent throughout the course of Doctor Who in the reboot. Because I mean, they were in the most recent series. They they wrapped up the most recent mm-hmm. series of the show. But at some point in time, I need to I need to make sure I point out exactly when that is. They just sort of drop back in the Mondasian our universe cybermen and it goes oh. from there because the cyber swans spoilers do come back but they're not oh, yeah. the ones that continue through the course mm. of the series at some point basically there's a point when the c on their chest that Dis- just disappears is. and then you know that you've got the art uh, the, the 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 sort of i don't want to say uh the, just earth, say the, earth six, the earth the earth 616 sort of stuff like that's the original like they just sort of mm-hmm. get dropped back in the whole idea of it being like they're, but they're the same design they're just missing the sea it's like nah whatever that's tv see for i i honestly think it would have been better because i understand obviously them doing it from like a continuity continuity god i can't say that word we neither of us Con- can say it continuity perspective of removing the sea because otherwise people would be like hang on a minute why is the cybers industries logo still on their chest but then at the same time i think it would have been cool to almost do like a little bit of a thing because obviously in this parallel world they were like oh it's all over the world like we've got cybermen everywhere so like what happens if one of their liberations of a country went wrong and the cybermen took off into space and then somehow found their way through a crack in time and ended up in our universe and then it could have been like oh look the cybermen from cyber centuries have leaked through like that feel would have been more of a like I get obviously the Mondasian Cybermen are our universe and all that kind of stuff, but like it that would have been a kind of like a cool throwback. Maybe if you just had one or two that had a C still on them and the rest didn't, or do the sort of the, the the broken remnants of the Dalek Empire from the Time War. Yeah, and they just basically. sort of play up on that. I think it would have been one of those things where I guess they couldn't have really continued to drag it along. The Daleks they can kind of get away with, but I think 
because wow. it's, <laughs> as, as much as obviously it was a, a, a as you say a global operation for for service industries there it's it's quite sort of enclosed it's not yeah. a very wide-reaching um establishment yeah. for this this breed of cybermen but yeah i i love the way that they they get reintroduced and i i do love the design of these cybermen it's very 2006 oh i love it i love it like it's you so, look at them like, and i just think oh god this was this was the kind of the the era for the cybermen wasn't i mean it? Like, we, we you know we we very much stand by that we are big rtd stands so we're gonna love yeah. a lot of this this era but, but Russell, I, I'm sure Russell T Davies probably didn't have a full hand in designing these current Cybermen. That was probably a costume no, designer as, or somebody yeah, like that. Yeah, there'd be production so, design. He'd have had. He would have had a bit more of a say because obviously, being the showrunner, he would have been. He would have written the series bit, arc, yeah. and he would have said, "Hey, we brought back. We brought back the Daleks in um, series one." Because apart from, the, I'm, I'm going to sound really dumb here, and I'm going to miss something. But I'm pretty certain, apart from the Autons, the Daleks are the only returning villain in series one. Maybe. I'm just gonna very quickly run through it all in my head. I'm pretty certain. I'm pretty that's the sure because they try not to dump it all on you like really yeah. quickly. You know, as as said, hence why we've got Cybermen in series two, mm-hmm. um, and another one in series three. Yeah, we'll get to that. Um, oh. But just just very quickly on a big on a, on a little segue, Tom McRae. I knew that I kind of recognised the name. Yeah. Because he also wrote the girl that waited in series. Oh. Five or six? I think it's six. It's a good episode. Uh, it is a good episode. But the other reason why I recognise his name is because he's also the book writer and the lyricist of Everybody's Talking About Jamie. Oh. That is amazing. Oh, cool. <laughs> That's very, In very case cool. you didn't know this about us, we're also massive musical theatre nerds. We are big, big musical theatre nerds. And so I, I, if... One of my friends was in Everybody's Talking About Jamie on the So West if you end. have any and crossover yet, with us on that front... It. <laughs> yeah, tweet us, tweet, tweet us. us about musicals. Tweet us um, about Dear Evan Hansen. Spe- speaking about stage stuff, we were going to go and see uh, Time Fracture, the immersive oh, yeah. theatre experience, and they've got like recorded cameos from loads of doctors. They've got, they've got. Again, we have to talk about. We will talk about Noel Clark in a bit. But they've got John Barrowman in it as well, and it's like okay, fun. Um, and I saw they they showed some pictures of some of the immersive sets, and it did look really cool. Oh. Uh, but because of the the pandemic and it getting delayed, and the the actual communication they had, because we were mm. going to go see it in like late February. It was, it was February, yeah. And then it got to late February, and there was nothing said. Like obviously, we never planned to go to London because obviously the UK went back into lockdown from yeah, just before we Christmas we all the way through to like <laughs> basically now. Um, I mean, so, we're still technically in some form of lockdown. Technically, yeah. And we might be for longer, but anyway. <laughs> Yay. Um, we were going to go to that, but the, uh, eventually it got cancelled. Uh, well, yeah. our tickets got cancelled and we didn't really... It's bad because it's like we didn't really see more that fuss to rebook it, probably because we didn't want to have to book another thing and wait. Well, it's not so much that we didn't rebook it, it's that your mum bought us the tickets for Christmas. Yeah, there is a gift. So it was kind of that like thing of... Well, I mean, we we will happily go and see it. However, the new performances were coming out. Was it May that they were coming out? It was like now, wasn't it? I think. I think it I is soon. Yeah, rightly. it might be from so very soon. It it was kind of like, will we actually want to go and see a show in May, or is it still feeling a little Shifty bit? Shifty eyes of, is going to see so a show. We next basically week. <laughs> we haven't unfortunately rebooked it. Um, 
which was a shame because I would really like to see it, but you never yeah. know how long it's going to go on for. Well, especially um, with all the other stuff going on in, in regards to the pandemic, it could be. It could oh no, be I bet you never know how long closes. the show's going to run for. It's not going to be that long, I wouldn't say, but you know. But we'll see. We'll see if we can get tickets. But, Admittedly, um, it's because it's part of the whole Time Lord Victorious canon. I've, I've not actually kept up with it as much as I hoped. Oh yeah, yeah, but I that read... doesn't mean that you have to keep up with the full. Canon oh no, to be able but to I like I read the first book, and then. Oh yeah. <laughs> I haven't read I the didn't. second one. I pre-ordered to get the second uh the the Night the Fall and the Dead or whatever it's called and I still haven't mm. read it. I'm I not really sure I could do. read it because the grammar is The yeah, a they're not they're questionable. Not, they're not super well written, but it's mm. it was it, it was it was fun because I oh, what was the first one? No, the the Night the Fall and the Dead was the first one. It's like all flesh is grass is the second one. The title's weird. Yeah. But anyway, um, we're we're very much tangent we're tangented, already halfway like, through this do podcast. Theater, let's let's do it. Anyway, um, so where did we get to? We, so we get talked to about the, John, we talked about yeah. um, the how they reintroduced Cyber the Cybermen. Mysteries, yeah. Roger Lloyd Pack, fantastic, just John eerie, creepy, like very as 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 Pete Tyler puts it, very sharp, and he is like he knows what he's doing. He's he's mad, and he really delivers that sort of unhingedness. It's amazing how being confined to the wheelchair, which was not only the fact that. John Limick was confined to a wheelchair, but Roger Lloyd Pack also broke his leg just before filming. Oh, did it? So that it was also, convenient. It, 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 yeah, convenient. Maybe that's the... why he's in the chair at the end. What, I mean, I feel like he's in the chair at the end because he's like the all controller and he needs to be plugged. I mean, into that's the not actually Roger Lloyd Pack in the costume. No, I know. I'm aware. <laughs> I'm joking. Anyway, the point is. Um, he's I was really going to say what was I going to say I was going to say actually you say he's obviously mad and unhinged a little bit and yeah he probably is, he is. however I sort of see it as um, a bit of like what's the word I'm looking for I'm not sure if there's a word for this but somebody who is so kind of vastly intelligent that they like sort of believe themselves they get like a god complex yeah yeah that's the word i was looking for um so maybe yeah he is a little bit unhinged and whatever but he is also very very clever i mean the fact that he's been able to even do all this to start with um with his little football manager buddy who i can't remember the name of but mr crane you keep referring to as like some kind of football he he does have a very sort of football voice i feel like he yeah, I feel like he looks like a football manager or like he's just got that look. And maybe it's the London accent, but for some reason I was just kind of like, oh, the, I'm just going to call him football manager because I can't remember his name. So every time <laughs> we were talking about him during the episode, Rich was like, oh, John Lumix pal. And I went, oh, the football manager. And he was like, yeah, yeah, him. <laughs> he was also in, because uh, he's Colin Spall. Uh, he was also in uh, Revelation of the Daleks, which, um, fun fact, Rise of the Cybermen: oh. Age of Steel was directed by Graham Harper, who is the only director to have crossed the boundary between the classic series and the new series, because he directed uh, two episode or two serials back in the back in the eighties. One being the case of Androzani, which was uh, Peter Davison's swan song, and also. Revelation of the Daleks, which was uh, Colin Baker's one Dalek episode, with the it, with the introduction of the Imperial Daleks and Davros in a jar, um, and he plays uh, the guy who plays Mister Crane is one of the guys who works at Tranquil Repose, which you will not oh. understand, Amy, because you've you've, no. you've seen 
revelation. Not a clue. Not a um, clue. He's not a major character, but it's him, and it's like, oh, that's actually that's that's quite cool. I do love Fair it enough. when they have classic actors come back mm-hmm. to do other things because there's been a handful since the, at this point. There's been yeah. a couple. Obviously, you know, Sarah Jane Smith being a very big one, being and the Bernard first Cribbins, big obviously. one. Bernard Cribbins wasn't really in Classic Who. He was in the movie. No, he was in the movie, but he was, he was still in, the in some form of Doctor Who back By the in way, the day. go and watch the Peter Cushing movies. They are wonderful. I love them to pieces. Um, but yeah, that's, that's a cheeky little segue. Yeah, so the football Let's, manager. <laughs> we go back to the football manager. I was going to continue with the plot. Okay, continue. So, because I realised we were like halfway through this episode. We barely and we've barely got like surface. 10 minutes into it. Yeah, I know. Um... So Mickey goes off, sees his gran, and I think he makes his decision at that point. You can see it in his eyes. You can hear it in his voice. He realizes this is going to be. I don't find something better first. Yeah, this is going to be. This is for me because Rose isn't there for me anymore. And Mm -hmm. we we'd already established that basically in Boomtown. The fact that he was was seeing Shireen or whatever it is, whatever her name was. Oh, I can't remember. Something like that. Like, he's already seeing somebody else. And the idea that Mickey kind of goes with them, it almost feels like, is he trying to reconnect with Rose? Is he trying to steal her back away from the Doctor? Is he trying to find something better? Does he have a death wish to put a really dark spin on it? (laughs) Like, I don't no, know. I don't think so. I think maybe he's just clinging on to what's left and he thinks maybe if he can go along with them on the adventure that maybe he won't be left behind so much and maybe she'll see him as like actually useful and maybe she'll rekindle something with him obviously it's in vain we know that now but i think you can't really take away from that like there's something to be said from his kind of like but also he's been stuck on bloody earth like for ages while she's been all these stories and it's like he's jackie's not really capable to go on these trips with them whereas mickey definitely is and he exactly he, he somewhat proves his worth in uh in gun of the fireplace but he very much proves it here because his 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 twin because obviously rose discovers that there is no rose tyler on this earth she's a dog um which the doctor finds hilarious which is also hilarious. <laughs> that was so funny when he's like kind of goes and he's um, like sorry not funny <laughs> and mickey has ricky his actual alter ego there's not many mm-hmm. Um, I say, there's not many people who see themselves in this but it's like literally Mickey's the only person who could out yeah. of the three who are there so shut up Rich um, but the one thing I find uh, one thing I do want to comment on in regards to the Mickey and Ricky thing um, the CGI of them two in the same place is actually not horrible it's, it's not bad that's, that's actually that that is something that we can quickly touch upon in terms of its production value obviously being the cybermen mm-hmm. they kind of in the same way that they would have done for the daleks uh if the, if it, if they had been a season two reintroduction whereas i don't think they'd have managed that in series one i think if people have doctor who coming back after you know 16 years yeah they're gonna want the daleks back so mm-hmm. they gave they threw they threw everything at this so yeah the the chroma key the green screen stuff of noel clark with noel clark is it's not that it's not bad it's not it's bad. not considering bad at considering it's 2006 yes i or think 2005 production but yeah well no well, well yeah whatever ish. same time it took yeah. there is mid-noughties yeah i would say given that in general 
the way the whole episode looks with obviously the cameras at the time and the kind of mid noughties like not being in HD and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I'd say that the Because we're watching screen... we're watching the Blu-rays yeah. of this. Uh, that's that's about everything we're watching at the moment is the Blu-rays. So it's all been like remastered up scale, blah 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 blah. Yeah. So we're seeing it as almost it almost feels like as raw as it can be. It's not being mm-hmm. hidden behind a crappy TV. <laughs> like we're seeing it all. Yeah. But like the considering the like what's the word i'm looking for the limitations of the technology at the time i would say that the green screen is believable like it's Mm -hmm. not like i look at it and go oh my god you can blatantly tell that they're green screen because even in the scene where they're running down the street you can sort of see that they obviously that's more just a, that's just a yeah it's just a seam down the middle and they just yeah, film yeah. two sides of it it's more the but, when they're in the um when they're in the uh the mansion or the, and the big house stood between them no 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 they're in, when they're in the mansion and they've, they've like stripped mickey down and tied into a chair and you've got oh, the yeah. fire crackling in the background they get the light correct because even if they could obviously they'd have filmed it on the same spot uh-huh just with noel clark having a double in place so he knew who to re or somebody That's to react to also a good they get it they do it they do it pretty well most of the scenes with mickey and ricky are stock still if you sort of think to look yeah, at that because they would have had to have had the camera on a point so that everything they filmed was in exactly the same they spot had a, so they, they could had a very clean plate to use yeah, if they needed to like yeah. you don't really think about it but most of the scenes where they're like next to each other are like stock still whereas That's a lot the of the footage where which we talked about in this uh, episode is quite well done with the handheld nature of it yeah because obviously we are in this in this story the audience alongside these um what's the word voyeuristic no 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 no. the the people they're running from the law what are they called outlaws no Uh, fugitives oh (laughs) Uh, that's the i was i just left me like we we see that as you say, that handheld shakiness, this sort of unstable nature of what they're doing, they have to always be on their feet and always on the move. Whereas when we're seeing the stuff with, like, Pete, the president of Great Britain, and John Lumick mm-hmm. and anything with Cybers, it's a lot more solid, it's a lot more regimented in its camera work. And just to follow on from that, it's something that I'd never spotted before, but which is something that we pointed out when we were watching it just now. When we reach the point when the Doctor discovers that Cybers is owning most of the businesses in the UK, and um, Pete Tyler's business is owned by John Lumick so, and blah, yeah, blah, 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 yeah. blah. Let's go infiltrate your mum's 39th inverted commas birthday party. That whole sequence of the Doctor and Rose in the party, it's shot so differently to everything else in that episode. And if Just you didn't that first notice bit, this... Just isn't it? For, first bit and after um jackie does her little speech it comes back yeah, to yeah, them yeah go if you didn't notice this before go back and watch it but it's shot very differently it's lots of long takes lots of it's purely handheld camera work mm-hmm. and it is very very voyeuristic it's imagine it's it's almost like if you'd have seen the sound guy in the background like shuffle out the way because the camera had to turn around because somebody walked away or you see the boom arm come into shot because it's literally like they've just gone into a party and just stuck a camera crew in the middle of it. All the poncy people are ignoring it because they're lower class and they work in film. I mean, who does that? Um, yeah. <laughs> coming from someone else's media degree, I'm not just like slagging off people who work in the film industry. <laughs> I respect you very much. Um, but they, the whole thing feels like you, you genuinely are 
in the middle of a real party and mm-hmm. there's just this crew focusing on what the doctor and rose are doing it's so it kind yeah it kind of is a little bit like you are somebody else at a party who just happens it's like a to documentary near them yeah like you are like a fly on the wall like you said kind yeah. of just like following them around um but it does make a difference because they use it again later on when jake pops over the wall and it's a very very small snippet and you might like miss blink and you miss it kind of yeah, thing a bit of POV when work. him and mickey are like going up to the uh what do they call them blimps is it a blimp? blimps zeppelin uh zeppelin that's the one um when they go up to the zeppelin on like top of the roof there's a very very small shot where like jake pops his head over the top of the wall and it switches to a pov almost as if you're looking through his eyes where he sees the um the the guards quote unquote because they're not very good guards are they um he sees the guards and then it pops back down beneath the ladder and it's a very very quick like change of perspective but it works really well because of the fact that you've had that like voyeuristic approach you've you've got this intimacy with these guys yeah with what what do they call themselves again the the preachers or something yeah preachers i think it is yeah something along those lines Mm. like yeah there is this very intimate approach so that kind of camera work works really well and you do get that disconnect between the upper class and the lower class based on the camera work yeah and the lighting and And also you get that kind of the static nook with the static nook that was not a word the static nurse with the camera work on John Lumick versus like the kind of handheld with the Doctor and Rose. Which Apart from that slightly of... weird GoPro shot, I say GoPro. There's a point when John Lumick is trundling about on his wheelchair and they just mounted a camera to where his like armrest is yeah, and it kind of follows weird. it along and it's a bit strange. It's like, but oh, anyway, okay. um, you do, you do get that kind of like almost robotic feel with the camera work very, on John Lumick because apt. it's always yeah. cropped. It's always cropped to a very very tight. Whenever it shows his face, I don't know, most of the time it's cropped to literally just kind of be like shoulders. It's up. very, it's very in your face, big brother esque. Mm-hmm. Because obviously, with the fact that these, these, air, these earpods, I keep saying airpods. I Doctor know, Who, I kept saying airpods as well. Predicted the rise of the airpod and the wireless earbuds. Lol. Um, <laughs> all of you sheeple wearing your airpods, honestly. <laughs> One day you're going to get converted. The fact that he can just go and like nab things out of people's heads. Like he is literally like the big brother in this story. Like, mm-hmm. The the plot of this was very much inspired by Spare Parts, which is a big Finnish uh, audio drama featuring Peter Davison, which is apparently one of the best big Finnish audio dramas. One of them, the one of the ones I've not actually listened to, uh, but I probably should. Uh, in the same way that Dalek was inspired by Jubilee, which I have listened to. Yes, yeah. Um, that was taken into consideration with the with this. So, so there's not actually any direct 1984 influence, but even just having John Lumick on the screen to Mr. Crane to uh, the the president or to um mm-hmm. pete tyler like there is always that very overbearing visual of john yeah. Lumick, and that robotic nature as you say is a good little uh foreshadow Nod. to what's going to happen to yeah him. so as we've gotten to the party and, and these everything's come together because obviously the uh the preachers rock up with their, all their AK-47s. They're taking completely to bits in the back of the van because why not? It looks cool. <laughs> Let's do that. Make lots of gun noises. Um, Nobody would re- know that. Nobody knows that Shut except up. you because you play um, a lot of games. <laughs> <laughs> games are fun. Um, everything comes together. The Cybermen attack. You were a bit stumped as to why they were going there. Yeah, so I said, didn't it? Because, so, right at the sort of 
I'd say the beginning of the episode, but it's probably not. It's probably like half. It's during the first act. You don't really realise how little actually happens in this episode. Um, (laughs) During the part where you say how little, yeah, we've talked about we've talked for the length of the episode uh, about part one. I know. Um, Pete Tyler is obviously getting ready to go meet the president on the orders of John Lumick, and the and. Lumix steals security information from Jackie via her earpods. Yeah. And, excuse me, it's never quite explained at that point why he does that. Because he literally is just like, oh, download security information. So you obviously know he's going to attack the premises. But why? Like, because it's only really explained to you at the meeting section. Um... No, 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 I was talking about the meeting that he has with the president. It's only really touched upon there when the president goes, oh, Mr. Mister Tyler, I think I will come to your party because I need a drink. It's like, was he meant to be at the party already? Yeah. Was there like he, he, he a says, predetermined uh, thing where he was like, oh, the president's going to be at the party. I need the security information. Like, that doesn't get explained. So it just seems like he's I, pulling this random info for no reason. I theorise that... Obviously, with being Pete Tyler, he's got friends in high places, including the president and John Lumick and blah, blah, because John Lumick was in, was invited to, but he, he's like, I'm too busy, I've got work to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and the president just name drops it to be like, I'm going for a drink because this is, this is he's just hammering home. He's like, he's disgusted. He wants to go and drink to forget this meeting and this this proposal that John Lumick has. So yeah. I was like, oh, he's just going to go and kill the president because he's not on board with him and obviously John Lubick is, is set that this is going to be a thing hence why he just goes ahead with it anyway but it's mentioned by um, Pete I think is it Pete? I think it is Pete in Age of Steel that he's there because he's he literally goes to kill the president because I suggested it because I think he knew he was going to say no because he gets the data from Jackie well, before yeah. this meeting he knows he was going to say no so mm-hmm. he does it to take down the president and take and obviously because it's all friends in high places they'll all be at this party it's an easy way to just get rid of them all and yeah. take over the government so then you know the UK becomes under martial law as the newscaster says during the Age of Steel and John Lubick has control of the UK so it's, it's left a little bit grey to begin with I mean it's ob- it's kind of obvious the fact that the president disagrees with John Lubick it's like he's gonna die it's gonna yeah. happen no I do just kind of wish that there was maybe just even like a very very throwaway comment earlier on like when Lumick calls um Pete about the meeting and he's like oh if the president can be at this meeting then so can you he Pete could have literally just turned around and gone oh but the president's coming to the party something like that do you know what I mean just to slip that little bit of info in there as to why like John Lubick then stole the security information from Jackie like it just said I I would just assume that you know you think of the bit you think of somebody's group of friends that you know you you would kind of know who would be going to a party and who wouldn't be yeah that confirmation that the president was definitely going to be there would have been Mm. useful but just a little bit just anyway, a little bit anyway it's a opinion, tiny little opinion. thing and as said the, you know, the president disagrees <laughs> we knew he was going to die and as we jump through forward to age of steel the doctor and co try to surrender and doesn't work and blah 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 he gets a part two um speaking to people who are going to die people get captured jackie goes to battersea power station which is where john lumick's doing all of his stuff and everyone splits up mickey and jake go to take out the emotional inhibitors uh rose and pete put fake earpods on and go in through the front door and try and get out through there Mm -hmm. and then the doctor and mrs moore go into the 
uh, cooling, cooling tunnels, tunnels, whatever, to get into Battersea Underground. And as they drop into that, drop down the ladder and into the cooling tunnel, Amy mentioned about the fact that you care for her. Mm-hmm. This soon, you don't see masses of her, but you care about Mrs. Moore at this point in time. A lot. Like, it's it's not to, obviously to the point of like, oh my God, I care I'm so I'm going to bore my eyes out like, if she yeah, inevitably yeah. dies, which but she will. it is... It is a kind of like it's a character that I actually give a crap about, unlike Benny, and I will always <laughs> forever mention Benny as Benny. being the. Oh, the that awesome! That awesome fifty-five episode of this is going to be gold. Oh God, when we eventually oh. get there, lol. Um, but yeah, you like you actually, despite the fact that you've not seen much of her, you don't really know much of her story until you get into the cooling tunnels like you said to me she's well, got she that literally very gives motherly, you this life story yeah she's yeah. she's got that very motherly feel hasn't she you've got ricky who is this very angry person also you know gotta give noel clark credit for having to act against himself it's never something easy to do having to scowl uh, constantly so you've got you've got very scowly mickey and very scared look sorry scowly ricky scared mickey uh, which he does do very well in this. You've got Jake, who we will very briefly touch upon in a moment, uh, played by Andrew Hayden-Smith, um, who is this also very, very, very Geordie, very um, sort of vibrant, very energetic kind of character, very angry, mm-hmm. similar to Ricky as well. And then, yeah, you've got Mrs. Moore, this very motherly figure, who, as soon as she starts giving her sort of life story off to the Doctor, I think she, I mean, I don't know how much she really had faith in the mission they were doing the fact that she was opening up yeah. to this complete stranger she has no idea whether he would actually be part of like whether he's genuinely on their side i mean you I mean, kind of assume so like, but imagine yeah. if it was a plant by cybers like they seem very paranoid about a lot of things like why wasn't she suspectful of the doctor in the first place like maybe the fact that she was opening up so much to him meant that she i think she knew that she probably wasn't going to walk away from this mm-hmm. which is kind of sad yeah unfortunately she does she does get killed Perish. down in yeah. the tunnels. But while they're down in the tunnels, they come across a Cyberman, she bombs it, and the Doctor sort of it wakes up again, and the Doctor realises the emotional inhibitor has been, uh, been kaput. Gone kaput. So the original human, Sally, behind it, begins to speak. Mm-hmm. And similar to Jackie, who we find in battersea when pete and rose get in there who she's already been converted because she imagine the programming of a cyberman to go this brain recognizes that person i'm gonna go over to that person and tell them i was your i am your dead wife yeah literally oof but it's i um, it's it was a second of thinking hang on a second both of the cybermen and also one later on in the series that get acknowledged acknowledge their previous selves mm-hmm. they're all women yeah because the cybermen are very masculine i mean not they're literally their, called cybermen not, yeah, <laughs> not only in their name but also the way that they're built they are a very masculine shaped yeah thing so they ain't to got put, them titties <laughs> they don't have cyber titties <laughs> save that for torchwood um oh god no. Chris Chibnall, thank you very much. Um, Giving us cyber tits. <laughs> for God's sake. I know what I'm doing anyway, after the podcast. Um, no. You've, like, you've taken me off track now, Amy, for God's sake. I'm sorry, you were they, saying about they, their masculinity. They, they propose this, this fantastic juxtaposition to really make you 
uncomfortable at the idea because the, the, the hypothetical of, of having your brain taken out and put into a machine and blast like yeah whatever but then the idea of having that huge juxtaposition of of, of female characters obviously sally we don't know what she looked like but obviously jackie we do mm-hmm. and then seeing this cyberman on the other side and it technically being the same person it really puts it across to the viewer just how strange and how horrifying that whole process is. Yeah. They do sort of play up on that kind of thing a bit more, especially with Danny Pink in season 11. No, not 10? 11. Eight. Oh. Eight. <sighs> I was miles off. Yeah. But this was the first time they really do it in New Who, and it's it's quite eerie yeah the bit where sally sort of starts to say like i'm cold is kind of like oh, oh, oh where's, my god where's whatever her husband's with name gareth called. gareth yeah yeah and then she's like you're getting married and it's like ah, no. like it pushes again, that harsh reality the, like i said episode. you picture a, a, a you know a young woman mm-hmm. and then this big metal dude full of goop and my and processors as most people are now they've been vaccinated ha topical humor processors we're, get, we're getting tracked i had to explain that to you amy i'm disappointed but yeah I, I i love shut what? Up. I, no no <laughs> discord completely cut out on me so you oh, just really? went blank and then i came back into all you said was oh no now most people are vaccinated i was like wait what what did i miss okay <laughs> Never mind. i thought you just i i basically made a joke about how uh they're full of goop and microchips like how people have been vaccinated oh, I see. anyway moving on yeah it's a really great way of putting across that these were people and they they give you this big juxtaposition to go along with that mm. so we lose we lose mrs moore which is very sad but she's just all left down there yeah whatever angela Let's price go- get it right. angela price sorry don't say Let's she's go. just left down there meh the whole point of him knowing her real name was to carry on her legacy god damn yeah. it but anyway. then, so we talked about the Doctor and Mrs. Moore. We talked about Pete and uh, Rose's where they go. Mickey and Jake go up into the blimp and do the whole the fake typing and oh, battle God. an empty Cyberman shell. Fake typing is the worst. But um, Andrew Hayden Smith, obviously back in 2006, a lot of us back then knew exactly who he was because he did lots of presenting on CBBC. He did. Alongside just... Jake Humphrey, who I initially Confused said, oh, it's Jake with. Humphrey. It's not Jake Humphrey. Jake Humphrey went on to do BT Sport and F1, or F1 yeah. then BT Sport. Um, but yeah, and Andrew Hayden Smith, most of us will know from doing CBBC. Why uh, do I feel he, like he he did Biker was... Grove as well? He did a bunch of acting. I do remember him from Biker Grove vaguely. Yeah. Why do I feel like who was the guy that did? Um, Wow. He's from Gateshead as well, which is brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> which is literally where we've just moved from. Um. Oh God, what was his name? The blue bear thing was it? Nev? No, you're Nev thinking was the of guy. You're, no, no. Ne- you're thinking of Nev. Yeah. Is it? Was Nev I think the it is guy. Nev. No, Nev no. And... You're thinking of you're thinking of Barney Harwood who did Bear Behaving Badly. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah That's yeah, yeah. what I'm thinking. It of. was he was called Nev, wasn't he? Yeah, I think it was Nev. Um, it was yeah. Nev the Bear. Do you remember CBBC had like games on their website where you could play as like Nev the Bear and it was like Mate. a con- continuous running game where you had to collect coins I, or something. I found somewhere, I have to dig it out again, The I, I lived, obvi- obviously for me, I lived on the Doctor Who website back in the day and Oops. I had a load of Flash games and they had oh. one called, um, I think it's called like The Last Dalek and it was like an isometric game where you were 
literally playing the Dalek and trying to get out of Van Staten's uh, oh. <laughs> prison. That's cool. And I love, and obviously the game doesn't exist on the BBC website anymore. The Doctor Who website is all just like it's, factual now. Yeah. It's so sad. Like they don't do good, they don't really do good merch anymore. All the merch has kind of matured, which there's some part of me that does appreciate that. And there's a part of me that's just like, bring back remote control Daleks for God's sake. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and their website's just like, here's images from the episodes. And that's about it. I'm like, where mm. are the Flash games? But somebody has posted that Flash game on the internet and i'm pretty certain you can play i think they might have converted it to html5 or you could download it and play it or oh something God. like that Wonderful. i might stream i might stream it one day that'd be really fun <laughs> let us know on twitter at casterpod if you played any of those doctor who flash games because there were quite a few good ones but the the last dalek i think it was the last dalek was just well it wouldn't the be best. the one that you played all the time wouldn't it but anyway yeah you think you were thinking of going backwards a few steps you were thinking of barney harwood in better yes. in Be- behaving badly and smile Oh, Sunday. Yeah, smile. Is that yeah, Sunday yeah. mornings? Uh, I think so. I think it was Sunday mornings because I think that was where it kind of came from. Then yeah, he had the the TV show as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, uh, he was on CBBC though. Is the point is that Andrew, Andrew Hedensmith did do CBBC. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he did Biker Grove. He did lots of CBBC stuff. Uh, I'm trying to think. Of that. I was just looking at what else he did. He did. Oh, he was on Blue Peter at one point, not as an oh. actual, uh, not as a presenter though. Oh. Um. Yeah, he's yeah. not he's not really done like massive no. amounts of stuff, really. But like he was in Hollyoaks as well. Oh, but yeah, fair enough. most of us most of us will know him who are our age and from British CBBC. from CBBC. And I remember just seeing him like, oh my god, it's the guy from CBBC. That's 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 quite cool. That's dope. That's, that's cool. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, the um Roger Lloyd Pack gets taken out by the football manager. Because he realizes, like, this is messed up. I don't want to be a part of this. And he does get killed in the end anyway. It's like, nice try, mate. But you did kickstart him becoming the cyber controller, which is kind of going to be a given. Mm. Because at the end of the day, the whole whole cyber industry thing came about because... Or, sorry, the cybermen came about because he was dying. He becomes a cyber controller. We had a bit of a discussion about that, didn't we? Because we sort of were saying, like, it's funny how... um, as soon as he is like, no, I'm not ready. Other Cybermen are like, you will be upgraded. And he's like, no, with my last dying breath. It's like, oh, funny how you don't want to be forced into being an upgrade. Yeah, you hypocrite. Like, like, he wanted to do it on his own terms. But I like, think. that's not the point. It's kind of yeah. like, oh, so you're forcing everybody else to be upgraded before they But as uh, soon as you to have to, you're like, mm, oh, I don't like oh, it. I'm not so sure about this. And yeah, but... That fantastic sequence of, I mean, obviously it's that very... Uh, convenient that pete and rose get captured is like you helped cyber industries pete tyler so therefore you yeah. and whoever you're with is going to go into cyber control instead of just getting converted like everyone else no no wasn't it was that why they captured him yeah. or was it, was it like uh, you, right. you assisted in all of this therefore you're not going to get upgraded right. just yet or something the doctor's like your binary vascular system obviously mickey and uh, jake don't get caught mm-hmm. um and they have the whole feud. There's the Doctor doing uh, the way he says "people" during that whole yeah. big spiel. He does. It's I love like that, that picture. It's oh my so god! Big and stupid. Do you remember that meme of like Draco Malfoy saying the "p" and Potter, and it's just that black dude with his lips really, really pursed. It was that. <laughs> that's how the Doctor says "people." David Tennant saying the word "people" in season two. <laughs> <laughs> As you can probably hear, that was Amy doing the face, <laughs> walking yeah. meme. Then, and then. Just you know, they get chased out of uh, out of Battersea. They get rescued in the blimp on a big rope ladder, which you never really appreciate just how hard they are to climb until you actually yeah. do it. 
And if then, you ever climbed a rope ladder that's not attached at the bottom, it's go the try it. Because I swear to God, Rose would not have got up that ladder as fast as she did. I mean, it was double roped with lots of duct tape, but it was still no match for the sonic screwdriver and Pete going, this is for Jackie Tyler! <laughs> as the, uh, the cyber controller pulls up. And just going back to the CGI, that shot of the cyber controller after it gets the ladder breaks it falls backwards into the inferno of Battersea that is actually one of the best shots in season 2 in terms of its CGI I think mm-hmm. it's it's Although very very solid I said that I think they could have made this made him fall just a little bit further down before he explodes because it does look like he kind of just falls about halfway and then goes boop into the explosion. It just sort of fades away. Yeah, which I mean, was a little bit jarring. But in terms of the actual explosion CDR, yes, that is And even like, his, his like, 3D model, if it was a... Mm-hmm. I think it was a 3D model, or whether they might have just shot a plate of the yeah, actor on a green maybe. screen, like, falling, and they just Probably. scaled it down or whatever. But, like, all that looked really good, but we're saying, oh, this CGI is really good. There's one point when they, they come up over a hill, and there's another one of those POV shots, as you say, Amy, and it sort of creeps up, and you can see the blimp sort of parked on top of Battersea. There's a point when it zooms in on the when red the lights like, rotating. Oh, where's that going, signal that's where coming the, that's from? That's where the signal's coming from. And they literally just took this, I don't know, maybe 480i sized image and just punched in on it. And just it zoomed so in. so bad. It's so bad, wasn't it? Like I, mean, I said, maybe it was we're watching we the Blu-rays. It on the Blu-ray. Watching the Blu-rays, watching it on a good TV, so there's no like fuzziness of the actual display it can hide behind, and it looks so it bad. Does. It looks awful. You know when you zoom too far in on your phone and everything starts. To but go, obviously, like, it's pixelated. it's had it's had like sort of upscaling compensations. It all looks a bit blotchy and blurry. Yeah, I'd never spotted wasn't it great. before. Wasn't and then great. as soon as it punched in, I was like, oh good grief! Oh, that we bad. both kind of sat there and went, Jesus, that shot was awful. <laughs> But there's a lot of there's honestly in terms of it's like CGI the camera work like I said like going mm-hmm. between the the underbelly with the fugitives and then going to the upper class and how the camera work changes this I love this podcast because there's so much more we realize and so much more we appreciate about Doctor Who and the effort that goes yeah. into it really yeah Even I do if you, like you can criticize the enemies criticize the the CGI criticize the makeup or the storylines but in terms of they really do think about how they want to make this yeah because this is arguably bbc's flagship series Mm -hmm. i mean it comes down to we've talked a lot about suspension of disbelief today just the two of us like you know yes um but it does come down to that kind of fact of like you know if you can believe that he that david tennant is a like walking talking alien with two hearts you can you can discount a little bit of bad camera work and a bad like not camera work a bit of bad cropping and a bad cgi like do you know what i mean like it was 2006 for crying out loud like it's pretty good for 2006 tv as said there's there's stuff you get in modern tv that is far far worse Mm -hmm. but they really did pull out all the stops for this so what would you say marks out of 10 amy for this two-parter I would say I quite like it. Um, yeah. I don't know what accent that was. I don't know. What. <laughs> I quite like, like it. Like it too. Um, oh god, it's hard to rate it though, isn't it? Because I mean, I would I, give it a solid eight point five. I would say seven. Would you? Yeah, I think it's 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 all very good. It's all very solid. Um, it's you know it's a really great reintroduction for the Cybermen as we've talked about the way that they reintroduce them but they don't dump all the lore on you it, it works mm-hmm. really really well to introduce a new audience and just put a new spin 
on things like like Chris, if you're listening, which I know you're not, um, you don't have to Wait, reinvent some. Yeah, you don't have to reinvent something entirely or change up everything to put so put a new spin on something. What as like, as a uh, nerd cubed calls in first draft Chibnall. <laughs> first, I, that's so right. Honestly, um, I I I do like it, but it's not one of those episodes that I would keep going back to. No, you know, I wouldn't. Obviously, I wouldn't so purposely far, choose to go and rewatch. No. It. So far in New Who, as we've already said, Dalek is the most comparable because it is a reintroduction of a classic enemy, a very, very, very iconic classic enemy. Mm. But there's so much more about Dalek that you can keep going back to versus this. But that by no means makes it a bad episode by any stretch. No. I think it is good and that's great, but Mm -hmm. that's about it. Okay, so here's a question for you then. One of my own creation. Um... Other than Dalek, because obviously that would be your immediate answer. Um, What episode out of all the ones we've watched so far would you say has the most rewatch value? Is that a toughie? Is that that is a toughie? That's a question for me and a question for all of you. We're asking. We're going to get to some uh, questions that you guys have sent in on Twitter. But that's a question for you guys. Yeah, if you want to tweet out of everything us. out of every out of the series and a nearly a half that we've done so far, what is the most rewatchable story? Mm-hmm. I would honestly say, if I can't say Dalek, probably um, Bad Wolf Parting of the Ways as a as a complete story. Oh, I didn't think you were going to say that. What do you think? I, was, I, was I thought I was gonna you were going to say Empty Child Doctor Dances. I yeah. was thinking that. I was thinking that. Because I think rewatch value in terms of its story and its intensity and... Because Bad Wolf Part of the Ways, it's fine. It's the season climax. Like, yeah, we all kind of... It's great. Like, but I personally would say maybe Empty Child Doctor Dances in terms of rewatch value. Just out of this, like, stretch that we've seen so far. Um, Because there's so many other Doctor Who episodes, like in later series that I personally would choose to rewatch more. Um, but just out of what we've seen so far, I think the one with the most rewatch value is probably Empty Child Doctor Dancers. Because so it's a... not got that... Like, Bad Wolf, once you know Bad Wolf is Bad Wolf, is Rose, is this, that kind of is it, really, isn't it, for that Takes episode? it away like, a bit, yeah. yeah like I mean, you say got... that, but you could say the same about... Um... About the empty child, about knowing no, you could, who it is and Nancy's but the thing and blah, with Bad Wolf is that I feel like it doesn't have quite the, the emotional. Stakes, the stakes were higher when you watched it the first time. Yeah, yeah. Versus going back um, to watching it the second time. Whereas the Empty Child Doctor Dances is still an intense story because of the way they shot it and because of the direction and like because of the sort of unbeknownst threat in the episode, like as it plays out. Like whereas Bad Wolf, you know what the threat is, they're Daleks, but in the empty child you don't quite know what the threat is and i think that slightly makes it slightly more rewatchable for me just just to pips it that's fair enough so that's a question for you guys as well tweets us at castapod what do you think is the most rewatchable episode of the series that we've got to so far um, up to speaking season of, two, episode five six yeah speaking of at castapod we've had a few questions and there's one thing we haven't touched upon yet a very very big thing at the end of the episode uh because uh, misha has tweeted us asking how do you feel about the treatments of mickey and his decisions at the end of these episodes do you think russell d davies was already thinking about his use later in the series 
And That's I can definitely question. say that yes, he was. Yeah, um, I mean, you can sort said, of tell. There is the you know, Russell will establish this series arc as to what's going to happen, and I'm sure he probably penciled in this idea. So whether I would say maybe Mickey went off and maybe the, the, maybe he wrote to say Mickey would disappear off at some point mm-hmm. and come back at the end, whether that was just off on his own or on a parallel world, or whether that would be uh, what um tom mcgray used yeah. to create this new version of the sidemen and make it be here that mm-hmm. mickey went off and did his own thing but it's definitely known even through, as we've said through the whole episode mickey has his eyes set on could this yeah. be where i am instead because i'm then i'm genuinely I'm, I'm as far away from the doctor and rose as i can possibly be yeah i think it was I, I mean yeah like you said we've touched up on it a lot about his motives and about his actions and stuff and i do think it was kind of justified i think the treatment of him if you're talking kind of specifically from like the doctor rose's standpoint i actually think it's quite selfish of them to sort of just be like oh mickey you're still here i guess Mm. like because you just even if you have that dynamic with i mean personally from my perspective because i don't feel like i'm an asshole but if like you were in a group with like three people one person you didn't know so well one person you were really close friends with and the other person was friends with the friend you were friends with you would not exclude that person in the same way that the doctor and rose do like you would try and include them a bit more you would try and be a bit more kind of like lenient towards the fact that they might not know what you're talking about and stuff so i feel like the treatment of him is very like i feel like at the end of the episode um or even kind of throughout the episode the doctor has that realization of like yeah actually maybe i've not treated you quite as well as i should have done obviously that comes from rose telling him rose telling the doctor the story of mickey's gran and like the fact that they sit in the tardis and have that chat with each other um on their own and it kind of comes down to the fact that like yeah mickey's made his decision really early on he's like oh if i don't find anything better and then when the doctor's like oh mickey if we all make it out of this alive i'll meet you back at the tardis and mickey's like yeah that's a promise yeah it's sure like, mm, okay yeah okay um and you can just see it so i think yeah i think it's it it was very clear from almost the get-go of uh rise of the cybermen that he wasn't he was already kind of like, oh, this is London. My grandson. He's alive. had one adventure with them, and that dynamic still wasn't great with yeah. him in uh, *Girl in the Fireplace*. So yeah, he, he kind of made his decision. So it was definitely known, and I think the way that they treated it was was very good. It made Mickey much more independent, made him a stronger character because he had mm-hmm. the, he had Ricky to live up to, even though he does very make it, very much make it clear in the end that I am not Ricky. Yeah. I'm somebody else, but he's still has that confidence in him because we've seen him save the world in Aliens of London World War 3 and we see him do it again here I and just then, have as he like, said back up I'm good with computers yeah like, I save the uh, universe with the big yellow truck so you know definitely mm, I Calamazas do enjoy that whole sequence yeah Callum has asked us about whether what we think about the Cybermen compared to the old ones in the classic series and honestly Callum I haven't watched that much Cybermen related stuff in no. the classic series honestly I think the most I've seen of the Cybermen in the classic series is like the five doctors i've seen I mean, a clip here and there like it's one I've... of those things that i haven't gone back to watch all the cybermen stuff i've watched like all of the dalek stuff but not so much the cybermen mm. um i did have a, a subscription to BritBox, but i don't have it currently because it's just another payment to go out yeah it's and the only thing you were using it for was classic was doctor it's who kind of lies not so really worth it i do um, really need to but i also have like everything else i'm doing yeah it's <laughs> like 
Sorry. I don't I, I don't get as much time to sit and watch stuff and actually take it in. A lot of the stuff that I have on at the moment that I put on it's TV just background is, noise. is background noise. It's like literally Disney Plus and it's Family Guy or The Simpsons or Futurama as it is right now. It's mm-hmm. just background noise. So as much as I would really like to go back and watch it all properly, I don't really have the Don't really the have time. the time. I mean, we're adults. We work. We live. We, we work. We stri- I stream. We do this because <laughs> we, we're back to doing this. We're going to really push to do it weekly. I think we're feeling good about it. I mean, yeah, but, we're going to try. I start a baking course on Monday next week in the evening. So yeah. it's, we don't really We've have We've got a lot of stuff going down. on, but I would, I would definitely like to. But I mean, and, I think uh, compared to the old Cybermen, it's a very different kettle of fish because obviously technology has come so far since the original Cybermen were on screen in like the in the real world that you almost can't really compare them because back then they were just men kind of wrapped in silver fabric. The, honestly, though, the old the original Tenth Planet Cybermen, not nece- not only in how they're represented in World Enough and Time of the Doctor Falls in series ten. Um, they are creepy. Oh yeah, like, they are so creepy. Mm-hmm. But yeah, someone will will have to get to at some point. And finally, Tony asks quite simply, Mickey or Ricky? Ooh. Well, I don't think I've, I don't think that's a hard question. Uh, um, Mickey, obviously, because yeah. you don't really know Ricky, and also he's a bit of a dick. Like, yeah, there's that there's that little you get that little essence of Mickey when he re, when he mm-hmm. reveals that he's the most wanted in London for parking tickets parking instead of tickets, just being a general yeah. badass. But yeah, there is that scowly nature that we have. Mickey Ricky isn't that that sort of uh he's almost the comic relief, but not he's not there as comic relief in the same yeah. way that kind of like I'd say Donna is in series mm-hmm. four. Um but yeah, yeah Mickey. I, Mickey. There's not really much else time. to say, I guess. I mean, yeah, he's much more likable. He's a generally just an all-round better character, for sure. Absolutely. But if you have a different opinion, I'd like to hear why you would pick Ricky. Absolutely. Any of these questions that we, we read out, and apologies if there are questions that get sent in maybe later on or we haven't had the chance to cover them, apologies. But, you know, tweet us at Castapod with either responses to the questions we've answered today or the question is we have pitched to you mm-hmm. about the most rewatchable episode of doctor who so far but you can also tweet us at casterpod uh about the next episode which is the idiot's lantern Ooh. this is where mark gatiss comes back and on it right i know that we're going to cover this a bit more next week but like this episode gets way more stick than i think it deserves but we'll cover that i i do quite like the idiot's lantern but that's that's for next week yeah i quite like it too i'm yeah, excited same. So yeah, you can tweet us at Castapod. I'm say using the hashtag Castapod. <laughs> Just tweet us at Castapod with mm-hmm. your questions. It makes it so much easier for us to see them. Uh, it saves me having to have like Twitter open and the YouTube comments open and everything. But um, that is about where we're going to wrap up this week's episode. I hope you guys have enjoyed listening to it. And thank you for spending like a good hour odd yeah. listening to his chat rubbish. Uh, we really do appreciate it. Thank you for all of the, the 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 great response we've had from our return last week. Yeah, it's been really um, nice. It's been really really cool. The, so many people tweeting actually, us like, "Where can we watch it?" So yeah, listen to I get it. all these all these figures. I actually can see all the statistics now on Anchor about how we're doing and stuff. We really really appreciate it. And if you are listening on a platform that you wouldn't normally use, um, so you can get this, it should be getting distributed to everywhere soon. It's a bit of a slower process for certain platforms. Cough, cough, Apple. Mm-hmm. Um, it should, based on how Anchor works, it should end up on Apple Podcasts. 
Uh, the moment it's not, but it will be. It's on. It's on like Google, and obviously it's on Spotify and all sorts of stuff in all sorts of places at the moment. But it will be everywhere yeah. eventually. Stay tuned to the Twitter at Castapod. Followers, tweeters. Whatever. And I think you can use Spotify for free, can't you? You don't have to have an account with them. Is that right? Because you just get adverts uh, in between the stuff you listen to, don't you? If you don't have a Spotify account, you, I think you still need an account. But you don't have to actually pay, to pay for it. Yeah. No, no, no. So no. even if you like, if but you're you do have things like Google Podcasts. I know that this yeah, is out yeah. on Google Podcasts, absolutely. Which is probably what I would use personally, but I use Spotify a lot. Yeah, but I, I have use premium, Spotify. So, yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah. Thank you all very much for listening. Uh, hope you've enjoyed our ramblings. Hope you enjoyed <laughs> seeing, finally getting back to the actual rewatch. So we'll be back next week with the Idiot's Lantern. But until we see you again, Amy, where can they follow you and see all the stuff you do? They can follow me at either Ames underscore Elizabeth on uh, Instagram and Twitter. I don't really tweet that much, so I highly just <laughs> recommend following me on Instagram. Um, or you can find me at Amy Cakes Baking on Instagram as well, because I have a cake business and y'all should go follow it. Because if you're in the UK, you could potentially get cake from me. There's some good Yay. cake, let me tell you. <laughs> and you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram and various other places at Pickup Change Toe or on Twitch at Rich's Live. I'm sure that one day we might be able to get a bantered last dalek flash game streaming which would just be silly <laughs> and just honestly quite fun because why the hell not, why not? Or, as said at castapod best place to find us but until we see you next week have a fantastic weekend have a great week take care of yourselves we'll see you soon goodbye goodbye that was a really posh way to say goodbye goodbye goodbye, goodbye. <laughs>